All right, we're back for another episode of Speaking with Gravity, and I am Curvin, one of your hosts, and I have two other co-hosts. What up, y'all? It's your girl, D to the double E. Good morning. Hey, y'all. It's Taisha. And on this podcast, we talk about mental health and how everything affects everything. As one of your hosts, I'm a son, a brother, a husband, a father, a friend who happens to be a therapist. When you sit with the therapist, the conversation is different. And with every episode, the goal of the conversation is to try to get you to think, make you feel, and ultimately make you do what's best for you. I'm a therapist, but this isn't therapy. It's a podcast. And before we get into our topic for today, we got a disclaimer. While we serve as mental health professionals, the information and content being discussed during our podcast is not intended to be utilized or substituted as therapy. The purpose of this broadcasting is to share our personal perspectives through open dialogue about content based on our personal educational and professional experiences. So today we're going to talk about communication, um, toxic communication and relationships, and it comes from... You know, the movie that came out a couple of uh, couple of weeks ago. Typically, when we get together, we talk about, um, we plan out what we want to talk about. And when we were talking about communication, this movie came into play. Um, Malcolm and Marie. It was a very very hot topic um, at one time when it first came out. Uh, you want to just give us a little bit backdrop on on that, D. Alright, so when you're talking about um, Malcolm and Marie, it basically is a romance drama directed by Sam Levinson starring Zendaya Coleman who plays Marie and John David Washington who plays Malcolm. And basically um, the two are uh, returning to their residence after the viewing of Malcolm's uh, movie presentation and so there's a lot of dialogue about um, the movie itself and then the gratitude or lack thereof um, displayed from Malcolm towards Marie and through her eyes or to her, through her perception and so um, just a lot of communication and, and a lot of exposure of things that have happened during the duration of their relationship so if you haven't had an opportunity to go check that out definitely do so um, man, that, <laughs> overall, I think it was a good movie. <laughs> I, I, I did not. I did not think it was a good movie because I was so frustrated watching it. And um, I heard a lot about it, and I wanted to watch it, uh, and I had to watch it for uh, this episode. But I was so frustrated because of them going back at each other. Uh, one of the things that I was trying to figure out was, did they actually love each other? Period. Like, I was trying to get to the bottom of that. I couldn't really figure that out. And I watched the movie really one one time overall, but I would go back and look at, like, different scenes. And I just couldn't get, I couldn't grasp whether they actually love each other. So from that standpoint, that's toxic. Anyway, like, why are y'all even together? I think you, I think you have the... I think before we even get into, you know, terms of if they love each other, I think they do love each other in my perception. I think it's often, you know, what happens is sometimes we get dependent in relationships. And I think there was a strong dependency on both people's part. Um, and that kind of led to a lot of the complications of their relationships. I don't, I don't, I didn't feel like they didn't love each other. Um, but I think you can uh, have love for a person, but not be meant to be with that person. Um, or that was, you know, my perception. I, I definitely felt like they tried to like 
balance each other out. They needed each other, right, uh, to some degree. Um, whether they, he needed her more than she needed him, I can't really say. Um, I don't know. I mean, she talks about it. I think. In, I mean, she talks about like she she feels like she is his movie, um, and so she becomes a part of his career. And ultimately, you know what I'm saying? She gives him, because he even says it, a clip in the movie, like, the movie isn't about you, um, but you were an inspiration for it. So, therefore, you know what I'm saying? She he she gives him purpose in creating this masterpiece um, of art that a lot of people are really proud of that's getting him to the status that he's trying to achieve. Yeah, but she wait until that day. After the reward or after the the premiere to say I was the, your inspiration, like you knew this all along and you stayed all along in the process of the movie being made. Why bring that part or that piece up now? You know, um, and saying that is like, what are you, what are you trying to do? What what are you really trying to bring attention to? If we if we also saying that they're they're codependent. What is she bringing attention to in that moment, in, in that time, when she says, I'm your inspiration to this movie? Is she taken away from his success? That's another thought that I had. <laughs> it's a, it's a complex, I mean, it's a, it's a complex film when you're, you're actually um, looking at it from that perspective because both of them are saying powerful things, but it's the timing in which they're saying it. I don't think that she was wrong for saying, you know, that, you know, she deserved recognition, seeing that she served an inspiration, or that without her vulnerability and without her life experiences, he would not have been able to captivate or express that movie in the way that she he did. But I also think um, timing is everything. Like you said, you know, the fact that, you know, tonight of all nights <laughs> is the night that you feel this. But as the movie progresses, you kind of see, you know, kind of what happened. And I think part of the challenges is, is even going into kind of when it happens and what transpired because she in the movie he talks about how you know he's he recognizes his mistake early on so as they're watching the premiere he's asking her are you okay you know what i'm saying or you know he knows that he's messed up in, in his as his terminology um and then you know she just is kind of like i'm good i'm good it's not a problem it's not an issue so then of course if you tell me you good what are you? What is your response going to be? Okay, you know what I'm saying. Or if he's apologizing at that point in time, then the issue is, you know, I'm assuming it's resolved. You know, at that point. But then she goes on in the movie. You go on talking about it. Um, you know, she talks about how it wasn't until after the movie when everybody else made it a problem that it kind of like kept spiraling for her. And I think that's the detriment of that is when you're in that public eye or when your relationship is public, that people have the ability to sometimes maximize what you may be experiencing like you know what i'm saying like if it wasn't a problem for you in that spacing but once somebody said oh well you know he you know it it, it was a problem but then somebody comes and add their two cents to it now it's kind of like blow blowed up even more um but i think we even have to back it up when you we talking about you know toxic communication what is toxic though when we're talking about that word i mean because that's that's a word that's kind of Hot on the press right now. A lot of things are toxic. People are toxic. So, what what are we meaning when we say that? I think we, we kind of have to back it up just a little bit to explore it. I, I like to give examples when I'm talking about something. Okay. Right? 
uh, as opposed to just giving a concrete definition. I think you better at that than I am. <laughs> but toxic, that moment that, uh, going back to uh, me saying, why did she bring up the fact that he used her for inspiration? In that, at some point, he started talking about everybody he had dated in the past. Right. This person contributed this. This person contributed that. To me, that is toxic. You can mm -hmm. say in general, hey, you're not the only person that I encountered that had issues and I drew upon that. But to go into detail, because he went into details, he called their names. He said what situation, what place they were in. You're going into graphic details about your past experiences. In any relationship that I've ever been in, I don't want to know the graphic details of what happened prior to me getting there. That's that's toxic. That's you don't you don't need to know all that. the person that I'm dealing with don't need to know all of that, and I don't need to know all of that about the person that I'm dealing with. So you don't feel like the pre-disclosure of past relationships is relevant to current relationships when you're dealing with people. To some degree. Okay. You can pre-disclose, but you have to limit what it is that you're disclosing. Okay. People can take advantage of you if you um, give too much. Um, not only that, but people can put you uh, in a box or define you based on what you say. You know, if uh, if I've been with, if call me, uh, what's that guy named, the Wilt Chamberlain. If I was Wilt Chamberlain and I've been with all of these people, and I've got so many um, bodies, body counts on me, and I say that. Even if I don't go into graphic detail, I got that number. Now this person is looking at me totally different. Now if I just minimize it and say, hey, you know, I've been with, you know, more than one person or a lot of people, and they just leave it at that, maybe I can get away with it. I probably wouldn't even say, I wouldn't even <laughs> have that conversation. That's just, that's one of those conversations that I think you should not have. There are, there are, to me, some conversations that you should not absolutely, you shouldn't have. Okay. At all. Okay. Um, and then the way that they were going on this, this movie, they just kept going from place to place to place to place. Now, they didn't even, to me, they stuck with one overall um, topic, I guess you can say, but they were just going all over the place and hitting each other below the belt time and time again. To me, that's toxic. Why are you intentionally trying to hurt somebody that you with? Mm. You love them. Yeah, that's why I say, why do they, how, how do I know that he loves her or she loves him if I'm trying to hurt you? If I love you, I am not going to intentionally hurt you repeatedly. Mm. Again and again, even if I'm selfish, I'm not going to do that. Okay. What's your thoughts, Pat? <clears throat> um, you both have said a lot, so I don't <laughs> want to repeat. Um, but really, when you go back to asking what does toxic even mean, um, causing unpleasant feelings, you know, some actions that's harmful, um, could be malicious. So some behaviors or actions that I feel were toxic in the movie Curve, you mentioned a lot too. I think it was, um, the scene where they were in the bathroom. She was actually in the bathtub and that's where she was expressing um, the inspiration for the movie. And that's where he indicated, no, other inspirations, you know, mm -hmm. based off of past relationships helped me uh, create this film. Um, 
And just even bringing that back up, him verbally abusing her, and she was able to identify that as verbal mm. abuse. Um, labeling, you know, bringing up her past traumas, I don't think was helpful. Um, did they love each other? I feel like it's kind of hard for me to say mm. whether or not because you have to look at it as what is love to them? Mm. What were mm. they taught? So I feel like they were only exhibiting love from a place of just their own personal experiences. Um, whether it was a lack of love and so therefore they thought maybe doing other things to fill that void of whatever lack of love was. I don't know. Um, it, it's funny that you said that about uh, what is love to them because as a again as a therapist you always think about how did they view love prior to being in a relationship. <laughs> right. Know? Uh, but and even with like how they experience it with their their mother their father, you know, I have a good idea of what I think love is based off of just looking at my parents. But then when you said that, I thought about something when you said he came to her while she was in the restroom. I mean, not, uh, not the restroom, the bathroom. She was in the bathtub, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as a therapist, and I have to be careful because because they I guess the uh, the climate that we're in is not the way it used to be so when I think of a, a man like I, I still get it I ain't gonna say confused but I still have my thoughts of what I was taught as a man uh, in the 80s and the 90s as opposed to it being kind of different now but as a man my original thought was you are outside you were walking I think he was smoking mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you were taking time away and you brought Joe behind and tapped on the window to ask her a question and even with her she said so out of all of that you heard I'm mediocre am I mediocre first of all she had a point I did not like this this where I felt like she kept it going she could have just said nah I don't feel like you're mediocre and then just leave it alone but she said um I forgot what the what the statement was but she left it open for interpretation again. She just said, that's not what I, that's not what I said. That's not what I said. But right. she didn't actually answer the question, so it kept it going. But going back to him, why would you come from where you were? She's relaxing. She didn't stop. And you tapping on the window to say, is that what you really mean? I think, but I think when you, when you're talking about, you know, their interaction again, kind of going with what's high is, this Obviously, even looking at this movie, this wasn't the first time they've had these type of interactions. Mm-hmm. So um, it it really seemed normal for them. It didn't seem outside of the norm of their communications. And so that's what I think, you know, when we're talking about communication and why it's so significant when you're looking at it from a relationship standpoint is because when you're experiencing something so much, you don't even recognize that it's dysfunctional or that it's mm-hmm. not conducive or it's not producing um, what you, what other people would say would be classified as normal, right? You no, well, I ain't gonna say no. You said when you're into when you're in something so much, you don't recognize it's dis, dysfunctional. But if you have that ideal of what dysfunction is prior to you getting into it, you shouldn't know. It shouldn't take you, you that long. You can't always assume that though, because every experience with a person may be different, and and people. You gotta when you're looking at this mirror, they both know each other's vulnerable spots. And so if you're looking at how they were communicating, 
oftentimes, just like when we are communicating with our loved ones or someone else, it, when a person hits you at a place that you're very sensitive in, you're going to go into a state of defense. It doesn't matter how much you have had interaction. You're not going to come and say, man, that really hurt my feelings. You're going to go into defense mode. Now, what that defense may look like may be different. It may become avoidance where you shut down. You don't want to talk. You may walk off or you may become verbally aggressive. You may be start, you know, or you may start becoming attackful, right? I, I, you coming for me, let me come for you. And I don't, I don't, I'm not going to act like that isn't normal because I think oftentimes when people don't really understand communication that's the, that's the that's a common response for a lot of people and so I don't I don't say that they you know that it's justified but what I am saying is it wasn't like it didn't make sense I could see that I could see how it kept going but I think the issue in the communication practices and what we have to be mindful of when you're dealing with people and I'm just not even talking about in an intimate relationship in which they were you have to be very careful as to when and how we choose to communicate because I think Ty brought in some very um you know significant contribution when she said Marie oftentimes in the movie indicated you know the verbal abuse she indicated um you know hitting below the belt she indicated the insults she indicated that the the conversation would not was not going to be productive so she did have pre-insight of knowing what what could possibly happen however again just like you said you left cliffhangers right you passive would <laughs> yeah passive aggressive so you yeah. knew exact and again when we're talking about toxic that's what toxic is when you do stuff you know what i'm saying passive aggressive so i'm gonna say something i'm just gonna drop a bomb and i'm gonna leave it there right yeah. i'm gonna initiate something and you're gonna hit him where you know ultimately based off of how the movie even starts he's very career centered that's something you automatically know just from the intro of that film. And a lot of people in general have a certain passion, whether that's career, whether that's their family, whether that's, um, you know, their music, whatever it is. And so oftentimes, you know when that person you with, if you say something about them, you know what it's going to do. So a lot of what she said was, what she was feeling, but the way she went about it was she used his career to be tactful. So she never really in this movie addressed her issue with him directly, but I'm going to hit you with what I know you love and what you care about, and that's going to be your performance, you know, your career, your movie, what I know that you have a passion for, what I know that you, you know, you care about, what I know that you feel, and that's what a lot of times in relationships we see people doing. So I, I'm not going to tell you that I got a problem with you, um, you know, communicating with someone else. But if you come and ask me about something or, or you come and ask me about your pet, I'm going to belittle it. So when you come and talk to me about you starting your business, I'm going to downplay it, right? <laughs> I'm not going to say to you, that's you know crazy. what I'm saying, that it's a distraction to the relationship. But I'm going to make it to where, okay, so that's something you care about more than you care about me. Yeah, I'm going to put it in your mind that, you know, you don't have the ability to be successful with it or you can't really achieve that. And so, you know, as I kept looking at that movie, that's what I'm seeing is where she projected what she was feeling onto that and he did the same thing he projected you know the the success of his movie and, and the dependency that he knew that she had and, and, and created for him that he had created for her it throughout him like you you mad at me but you can't blame me because this been your problem like this problem was before me you know what i'm saying so it's really about that and again when we're talking about what toxicity is that passive aggressiveness that you know what i'm saying saying things intentionally to be hurtful you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. and so i think that's what makes 
that relationship so toxic. And I think what what you kind of threw me off is when I seen a lot of people saying, "Oh, this this is our relationship all the time." Like, the you know time. what I'm saying? And, and I, I'm like, that's a problem. That's a problem. And that's what I, and that's what I'm seeing. And it's not even just how we, and like I said, interact with our spouse or our mate, but how we interact with people in general. You know what I'm saying? We got to be really attentive to, you know, when we say stuff. Because they both had valid points. Don't get me wrong. But I think it's when you chose to express those points that became critical. Um, and, and, and Even with that, with what you're saying, uh, I'm looking at a note. Uh, that we had down here about active and re- reflective listening. Mm-hmm. Oh, they were horrible. To me, they were horrible, unless I miss something. Like, one person will say something, and the other person will take it entirely different than what it was meant for, except for when they were hurting each other. Oh, they took that one all the way in. If it was meant to hurt you, they got it, and they received it the way it was supposed to be be given. Right? But when it was something else, they just didn't... They would listen, but they it, they wouldn't process it right. And um, w- the <clears throat> other thing when you were talking, I was thinking about was going back to him, saying all the people that he had met prior to her, right? They kind of had some similarities. So is this the type of female or person that you're looking for? Somebody who's going through struggles, somebody who's vulnerable, somebody who needs you. Is that what is that what he attracted to? Was that what he's choosing to put his energy into? And why is he choosing to put his energy into them? I guess to some degree, she got a point. Exactly. Maybe he was putting his energy into these young ladies so that he can get their story and put it all into a movie. It just just so happened it wasn't just her story. It might have close closely resembled it, but it wasn't just her story. And I I think when you're when you're looking at that, you get where people oftentimes when you when you really look at relationships most people go into a relationship seeing what they can get out of it and sometimes you know what i'm saying it's the it's your own satisfaction you get from it like some people thrives on being able to help people not because they want to help people but because how it makes them feel you know what i'm saying what it does from them it gives them that instant gratification and so he you know what i'm saying again he talks about you know, her vulnerable states of, you know, taking her to rehab and, and, and really think. But I think also he expresses a lot of the pain that he encountered during that time frame as well. And oftentimes I think that's something we got to think about in relationships too. When you're only looking at it from one side of the mirror, you forget the pain that's projected in that experience. Mm-hmm. So even when you're dealing with a person that may be experiencing addiction or a person that may be experiencing um, mental illness or a person that may be experiencing loss or whatever grief or whatever they're encountering, you cannot just minimize it to just your side because what happens is I discredit the experience. Like I'm going through this, but I'm not going through it by myself. So if I'm not myself, the people around me are just as much uh, impacted by whatever I'm experiencing. And so it, although she's seen it as, you know, her struggle, he also got his own perspective of how he's seen how things were transpiring. And then, too, you know, he brings in about her, you know, infidelity or whatever the case may be when she stepped out on the relationship. So looking at it at that component and when you're you're thinking about men and how they communicate, to me, he was expressing pain in that moment, but it's the way in which he did it. You know what I'm saying? It's so, yeah, it's, he again, yeah. he's saying a lot. They're saying so much in that movie, and I, that was what made me think about communication practices is we oftentimes say so much, but really if we're not listening, 
it's falling on deaf ears, right? And I think that's what you're pointing out is that both of them were listening to respond, but nobody was actually listening to understand. And that's why I think I talk about that defense mechanism is that when you start saying things that are tactful, when you start saying things that hit below the belt, like you said, that's when you're going to get people and put people in a defensive state and nobody's listening anymore. And so when we're talking about communication and what that does, that's, that's when it becomes toxic because now, even if what you're saying has value, I've already minimized it because this is how you made me feel or this is what it done for me. So what, what um, if there were, in, uh, Ty and D, if there were like some examples of healthy communication, because, you know, as, a, as we do therapy, sometimes we might pull a scene or we might pull a movie to show people, right? Is there anything in there that we can say was actually healthy and if I had to say one it would have been when he took his time away I believe she did too they did both walk away from um, the argument at hand at different points I feel like there were a few positive um, or examples of healthy communication in my opinion um, throughout the movie even in the beginning when he sensed body language that something was wrong prior to him even disclosing that he'd already asked her at the movie premiere what was bothering you and I think somewhere along the line she pretty much indicated that tonight isn't the night or um she said let's just talk tomorrow nothing productive is going to be said tonight so in her defense she was very assertive with indicating hey it may or may not be a problem, but tonight ain't the night to have this conversation. Gotcha. Yeah. He proceeds. Now, this is the negative. Well, no, we're going <laughs> to stick with positive. So that was positive on her end. I do feel like they both did somewhat demonstrate reflective listening skills and assertive or active listening skills because they did have open-ended questions. They did repeat things back to each other to try to get somewhat of some clarity, but I think it was more so in response to them wanting to kind of prove their side or whatever it is that they wanted to express. Um, I think other examples of communication, like you said, ill healthy communications um, throughout the movie, they both chose to walk away knowing that, all right, this is something problematic at the moment. Let me step away, decompress, breathe, think about what it is that I want to talk about. Um, so I think that's pretty much about it when it comes to what I noticed in the movie that was somewhat healthy. Um, yeah, and y'all said, I think both of y'all said re- reflective listening. They did do it. Like they was, they did a good job of it. Some parts of it. Okay. I think you. I think when you're looking at it, I think they do a good job also of processing. Um, now, when you some of the processing is when you take that time to go off to it. Like when he's walking down, when he takes the moment of outside and he kind of like fighting the air and all this stuff. Like he really is processing, I think, what she's saying. But again, it's the response. And I this is kind of what, you know, I have to utilize with my, with my students and when I'm communicating. Um, it, your actions are, are critical. They're important. 
but just as important as your action is your response to it. So what do you do after that moment? So it's it's about the the reflective part of it, but what did you do with that reflection? And I think that's where you transfer that to become more toxic because you take the time and you reflect on what that person says, but again, you're in defense state, so everything they're saying is negative. You're not really listening to what they're saying. It goes into, well, you insulting me about my film and my career, like, oh, you trying to attack me, you trying to play me like I'm not good enough. And I think, again, both of them in that movie had some issues that they weren't discovering. And I think he kind of talks about his from a professional standpoint, even when he's kind of, you know, talking about his role and what's expected of him as a producer and, and, you know, the quality of his work and things of that nature. I feel like he was really expressing his vulnerability in his profession as a career. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, he didn't come out and say it, but he was concerned about what the reviews were going to say. He was concerned about, you know, how everybody was perceiving his his work and how they, you know, whether it was going to be classified as a masterpiece or not. And even when he even when he got the information, it still wasn't good enough, right? right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he was still looking for more. He he was, you know, excited about being compared to the greatest, but again, like in that moment of excitement, she would have really she would immediately like shut him down. Like <laughs> Come on, no, you're not no spidey. Like it's you know what I'm saying, just a play in, in, in different things. And again, um, you know, one of the other things of it is too, I think you have to look at just how quickly things will escalate yeah. from one perspective to another. And I think one of the challenges in their um relationship, uh, even when we're talking about switching it from, I guess, from the positive to the negative. Um, because to me it was more negative than positive. So it's you know, that's that's just the reality of the film. But when you're looking at them and you see two people basically taking their own internalized issues and projecting it on someone else and expecting that to be where they find their relief at. And I think that's the challenge of communications and relationships is that oftentimes we're dealing with our own issues. And so now when somebody else attacks that issue or brings that to surface, like, again, that hitting below the belt, now it's time for me to go off on you. Like, you think you all this in a bag of chips, so let me let me expose your dark, deep secrets, right? You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's that, again, which makes that relationship and that communication that they presented in that film to be so toxic um, from my perspective. I think with uh, when we don't become self-aware, when we don't aggressively go out there and try to figure out our thoughts, what we really feel, that's when you get what you were saying yeah. about you, that in, internalizing things and then projecting it onto the, the other person. Uh, and I I talked about this earlier. Are there some things that's better left unsaid? Um, be, but before we go to that, uh, going back to what Ty was saying earlier about she said nothing productive will end up happening tonight. That's key. Mm. That whole, everything could have been totally different had they waited that night to come and talk about it that next morning, maybe one person or the other may not have been on the defensive. Just being on the defensive can change the whole dynamics of a disagreement. Because when you're on the defensive, <laughs> sometimes you're going to say the first thing to cut of your mind, uh, and that can, that can be, that's not good. And but, I can see where you may say that they weren't demonstrating reflective listening skills because if you would have li- really listened and heard her, he wouldn't have proceeded to have a conversation. Exactly. He would have continued to eat macaroni and cheese and peace. <laughs> All right, we can have this conversation tomorrow because I don't think she left 
the door she left the door open to say yeah we can build on this tomorrow but tonight isn't a good night so yeah in that aspect yeah I can see why ultimately you didn't see that there were any reflective skills going on or any active listening yeah. skills um I'm not going to talk about that macaroni but and cheese. But I, I kind of disagree with <laughs> that, though, because she, she came back and said, when a person's telling you you're being an a-hole, you can't say that you're not. So, like, again, like, you can't drop it <laughs> and say that nothing's going to be productive and then Throw that out. carry on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you kind of, you kind of, you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, okay, we done, but let me just add this piece in there. And then, too, I think one of the challenges with Marie and what we might, what you may see in a lot of toxic relationships is Marie had multiple issues that she threw out all at one yeah, time. Exactly. So first you were mad that he didn't acknowledge you. Then you said, well, you didn't want an apology, but the event was already passed. So what el what other else can he do other than apologize? So ultimately, then you go into, well, why didn't he cast you? When you, you know what I'm saying? And then too, well. Well, ho, he could have gotten better. He could have said, you know what? You're right. You're right. You, he could have said, you have a point. And I think at some point he did acknowledge that she had a point. But acknowledge it sooner. You got a point, and you know what? The next time, because there's going to be other premieres, there's, there's going to be other times, he can, he can make a commitment at that moment. You're right. Let me make a commitment not to do that again. Let me be a better person. I think it's dangerous to project that on somebody, though. What, because what you, you Because you can't. If I am saying to you that this is not an issue, I then can't turn around and get mad because you don't understand that it is an issue. Like, and that's the issue with communication because I'm saying one thing. And again, when you get, again, when we go back to when you're used to being with somebody, sometimes you get complacent in that. And she kind of talks about that. When you know that a person is there for you and you know that a person loves them, you don't really worry about them anymore until you're about to lose them. So again, when you're looking at how I'm communicating with you, how I'm talking to you, if I'm saying it ain't a big deal, and I keep asking you about it, you keep saying the same thing, how long am I supposed to continue to ask you? And then if you say it's not a big deal, but then you bring it back up, now I'm trying to figure out, well, what's the real issue? And he does that throughout the film because he asks her, like he eventually says that, so this is what this really was about. Yep. And I think that you try to, like she tried to minimize it just about being the thank you, but it was always deeper than you wanted to actually be that film. And I think mm -hmm. what the recognition that people were giving the person that he ended up casting in that position is what she wanted so it wasn't just about the recognition from him i think she wanted people to see her in that light because she was no longer that struggling addiction that he found her in and and probably i'm pretty sure people probably knew about her in that state you guys know how it is in 2021 now yeah you know what i'm saying if if you had some issues everybody know it so now she's being seen as this glamorous person you know, she she could be somebody's model. She's not being seen as this helpless young girl that she was when she was in her early 20s. And so now if people could really see that, you know, this is the recovery. This is what I have been through. This is this is not just another movie. This is not just another story. This is my life. And I think that's ultimately what she wanted. Is she wanted that, that recognition because she related and resonated with that character so much that that's who she wanted to be. But even he talks about... You know what I'm saying? And then, too, she talks about how they had already had conversation about it. So I think it's just a lot of things, you know, when you're dealing with 
relationships and when you're dealing with communication, I think it signifies the importance of being direct with your communication. Like a lot of people try to avoid conflict, but sometimes conflict is needed so that you can get to the core of what's really going on. While he could have been more direct and just saying, you know, I take responsibility that I didn't do that correctly. She could have acknowledged what it was that really was bothering her. And that was that she wasn't able to be in that role. Speaking of direct, I think he was too direct. Going back to that, going back to that question, are there some things better left unsaid? Yes. Okay. What? I don't. I don't understand how people can 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 see that. I shouldn't say I don't understand how people should, but still, there's some things that you should. You can't tell everything. You can't say everything, because those words have long-lasting effects. Mm-hmm. People don't always forget stuff. Um, from time to time things that have happened that I've heard from 20 years ago may come up in my mind Uh, just because you you heard it it applies to you it affected you negatively and you try to improve on it or maybe maybe you didn't try to improve on it but in my case you try to improve on it some things you just can't you can't it's for it to not be unsaid doesn't mean that you're not being honest and I think that's the I think that's the disconnect. People feel like if I don't say it, then I'm not being honest or I'm not being open. That's not necessarily correct. I totally disagree with that. If you're not saying it, you're just um, taking into account how it would affect the other person. But is that a reflection of him or her? Because at the end of the movie, when you say some things are better not left said because a person may internalize it. And like you said, you may remember something that somebody said to you years ago, but is that a reflection of that person's statement or is that a reflection of you? It's a a reflection of both of them. It's definitely a reflection on him because you, if you are cognitive of, if I say this, this may hurt her because she's been through this trauma and you still say it again, going back to what I was saying earlier, you're trying to hurt somebody that you love. As a man, you gonna do that? I think that's why self awareness is in, um, is important. You mentioned that earlier, and even with communication, being able, as they demonstrated throughout the movie, let me take a moment and step back, mm. retreat, rethink, but be careful how I respond. Mm. But if we're so caught up with wanting to respond quickly and not even mm. hearing what the other person is saying, but Hearing what we want to hear, and that goes back again to that listening component, um, it can be detrimental, you know, to self and to the relationship. So really having that brutal, honest conversation with your conversation with yourself first about whatever problem you're going to present to your partner and sticking with one problem. I think I'm shifting here to how do how can we improve, you know, wanting to have conversations that lead to conflicts. But you can have those dialogues in healthy ways, sticking to one problem, you know, checking yourself, having times outs, um, maybe having a timer if you know you too tend to interject uh, and cut people off, um, being mindful of what it is that I am going to say to this other person. And if it ain't kind, let me figure out maybe a different way to express it because going back to your statement or some things better left unsaid, ah. Uh, I'm kind of iffy with it, and I and this is just me. I feel like I always got to say something. But <laughs> what I mean by that is, though, I feel like I always got to express how I feel, but I am learning expression comes in different ways, you know, um, and is it even necessary in a sense? So, yeah, throughout the movie, I feel like um, 
the way they managed the conflicts by bringing up multiple problems was definitely unhealthy. Um, like you said, D, she went from not being recognized to then the casting part to then what your colleagues and other stars mm-hmm. had to say about me. Um, and I think that went back possibly to a lot of things that were either left unsaid or not dealt with in that mm-hmm. moment. And then the dinner scene or the, the entire movie was everything that one had been harboring, you yeah. know, um, mm-hmm. to possibly avoid things. So I, I love when you said that about the timer part. And um, this this is why I like um, talking talk with y'all guys because you, y'all bring out we always bring out different points, points yeah. right? And that timer is, man, if they had to p- place themselves on a the timer, then it doesn't escalate. You at least break it up mm-hmm. because oh man, I only got ten minutes to get this out, and then y'all going back and forth. Maybe y'all divide it up five and five, mm-hmm. all right? But you only got so much time, so you can only say so much to make it worse. That timer is key. I think so, but I think you also, even in that timer, you still have to be reflective, kind of like what Ty said about what you're going to say. Because time doesn't mean that what you say won't be um, won't be negative or won't escalate right. the situation. I think, kind of going back to what you said earlier when you talked about how things linger on, Marie says that in the end, that you know she's going to internalize what he said for the rest of the timeline. She told him basically that went too far. And as she kind of said exactly what you said. Like that that was, he. she's basically told him he had already won the argument. And I think that's the dangers of communication is when you're focusing on who's going to win this yep, argument yep, versus <laughs> really looking at the issues and what's being stated. Like, are you truly understanding what, this person is saying and am I honestly communicating what's really bothering me and I think this that's one of the things kind of like Ty said moving into how do we improve these conversations really identifying what are you trying to accomplish by this conversation because what is this conversation meant to do is this conversation meant to really attack you as an individual or is this conversation really meant to explore some of the things that's kind of bothering us to kind of determine you know if we're going to continue in this relationship or if we need to make modifications to this relationship or is this just not a good relationship and that's what you really have to look at and explore when you're dealing with people not this Oh, I, I won. You know what I'm saying? I hit you harder than you hit me because it's not a boxing match. And mo- I think that's what, you know, society sees it as when we start the yelling, when we start the screaming, when we go into a f- defense, that's really a fight. You know what I'm saying? When you when do you have to become defensive? When you in a fight, right? Mm-hmm. And communication should not be about fighting. It should really be about us learning to really engage in successful practices to where we can resolve conflict. Because conflict is inevitable. Anytime you have a relationship, whether it's work, whether it's partner, whether it's family, you're going to have some type of conflict. If you don't have conflict, you might want to check us out as a therapist because that means you got a lot of internalization. (laughs) But, um, you know... I like what you were saying about just being accountable. Yeah. Um, Which goes into the I statements focusing on how you feel and mm-hmm. what we're going to do about it instead of just winning the argument. Right. How do I feel and what am I going to do about it or what are we going to do about it collectively? Because if you stick to one topic, then that's that's the end of it. Like that's The end is a solution, whether right. that be a compromise or to give way. Uh, in in Thai instance, what she said, she feel like she may have to say something, then that one person need to say, all right, 
both of us don't need to feel like we all got to say something. Somebody need to step. That could be a compromise within itself in the argument and going forward. You know, as you learn each other, you learn what to do and what not to do going forward. But those I statements, I really love those I statements. Just focusing on how I feel and then what am I going to do about it or what are we going to do about it collectively. And using healthy I statements, well, Mm -hmm. any I statement, I feel like it's healthy, opposed to you, you know, blaming. And I feel like they did a lot of that, um, somewhat of that, yeah, in the movie, um, opposed to, again, taking ownership for how they felt based off of the experience or the situation or the reaction of the other person that caused that emotion. And then with I statements, you clearly indicating what it is that you want moving forward or what, you know, what you may need. Um, yeah. (laughs) In that regard. Um, any any closing thoughts? You have any? I think for me, it's about processing. I think it's always important to really take time to think. Um, you know, get your thoughts together um, when you're dealing with communication, um, whether you're on the job, whether you're at school, wherever you are. Because I think sometimes when we just quickly respond, that's when things kind of get escalated even more. Um, the processing component for me is always significant. And I think silence is important, but I think when you're using silence as a way to avoid really dealing with the issue at hand is when it becomes dangerous. So when, you know, we, I kind of think about in, in, in general, like in an in intimate relationship, and I can remember doing this even in my past, like somebody did something I ain't like, I'm just not going to talk to you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm just... Stonewall. Right, yeah. I'm not. I'm just going to shut down. And now I'm, you know, as I get older and as I learn that, that's ineffective, right? Because things are still bothering me. Um, and I think that's one of the challenges I have now with people is sometimes people don't address issues mm-hmm. and we kind of just move on like it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But that's still an emotion that's still boggling up. And I always say... Anytime you internalize something, at some point, there's going to be a tipper. At some point, your lid is coming off. And so be attentive to, you know what I'm saying, really vocalizing what you're experiencing. I'm with Ty when she said, you know, I got to put it out there because I just can't remember what it felt like when I didn't put that emotion out there. Um, but I think it is, you know, important to always do that in an effective way. Um, be Being mindful of you know that that partner when you know the person that you're communicating with it's important that you recognize how that communication affects and impacts them um and and taking consideration like you said sometimes those words will linger past that conflict Mm -hmm. so can you live with it can you live with the statements that you're making past the moment of what you're doing and saying right now it's not about just winning the argument It's, it's deeper than that yeah, it's way. Yeah. You took the words out of my mouth. It's deeper than that. It's bigger than winning that argument right. because both of you guys gotta y'all gotta live going forward. Right. And those 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 words linger. Those thoughts linger. Um, and then you said something uh, about I think you said career uh, or uh, the job or something to that extent. When we're talking communication, it goes beyond just relationships. Sure. The things that we talked about uh, today. In all actuality, you can put into play right. at work, but maybe we need to come back with a whole another episode um, talking about that, just how to do, how to deal with it in, a, in your career, right. um, maybe even amongst your friends or just networking in general. But um, you can basically use the, the, the same things. It's just right. in, a, in a different context to some degree. So um, I think we beat we, we beat that one down. Uh, we covered a lot of a lot of good stuff. Uh, I'm your host, Curvin, one of your hosts, Curvin, D, Ty. We're all on Facebook, and we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter. 
Um, Speaking with Gravity is on Facebook and Instagram. I'm not going to give their personal um, ID out because I don't want y'all sliding into their DMs or nothing like that. You can slide to mine. You definitely slide to mine. I I know how to handle you if you slide to mine. If I I said something or if we said something to make you think you can use therapy or seek professional help, Again, find us on, on those social media sites. Speaking with Gravity would be the, uh, the tag that comes with it. Just find us. Just put that in and search it, and it'll come up. And uh, we'll try to uh, put you, point you in the right direction. Uh, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, taking the time out over the last 40-something minutes to hear what we got to say uh, about communication. You could be doing anything else. You could be listening to anybody else, but you chose to listen to us, and uh, we appreciate that. Thank you to um, Winnie Production. I think, you know, I, I mess that up every time. I'm going to put something down right here so I can say it correctly. But thank you all again for the time, and thank you for all of those that support us. Remember, we are therapists, but this ain't therapy. It's a podcast. <laughs>